put your hands together. Welcome your pastor, because you love him. Uh, Come on, hi. Mr. Stephen Riley. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I want to extend that prayer out, and and uh, and while you guys are passing the plates and so forth, just want to pray for Dave and Donna in this in this transition time. Lord God, we just pray blessings in this transition. Lord, we pray for uh, your blessing of health on them. We pray your blessing is peace, Lord God. Lord, we thank you that you're going to um, uh, bring to him uh, what he needs to invest his time. <clears throat> Excuse me. What he needs to invest his time into, Lord, that you'll lead him and guide him, that he and Donna both have many ways to give and bear much fruit in this season. So, Lord, thank you. You're, gonna, uh, you're going to lead him and her both into that, and they're going to walk in fruitfulness in this season of life. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Fantastic. Woo, it's Thanksgiving week. I am a very happy camper. I'm, I want to challenge you. I might be the happiest camper in the room right now. Uh, tonight, my son Michael comes in town, and then tomorrow the grandkids will come, and then Tuesday the rest of the kids and family will come, and so we'll, they'll be here with us all week long. We'll have a smaller Christmas, but our Thanksgiving is going to be big. So I am happy. I hope you guys are happy and blessed and uh, I know family time can be kind of uh, awkward sometimes, and I'm praying that you have grace uh, for your time with family and friends over this holiday, and that the Lord, you'll find the Lord's uh, goodness there. I'm going to start off this message with a scripture uh, telling about a parable, and I'm just going to summarize this parable, and it's actually the same one that I used at Regina's, Regina Caldwell's memorial service a, a week or so ago, and because it fits so well uh, with Regina's life, I, I, I knew this passage had to get in there, but I already had the ending of the, the message, and, I, and this passage is not one you usually put at the beginning of a funeral message, it's at the end, and, uh, but it just fit Regina so well, but it's also an inspiration for me and really guidance on, on looking at investing in people. That it, it is a parable uh, about investing, about building up, about giving and trusting in God. And Regina is, was an example of that uh, in her life and her actions. But it's in Matthew chapter 25, it starts at verse 14. And they call this the parable of the talents. A talent is not a, something like you have a gift to sing or to... Uh, uh, you know, run fast or whatever. It's not that kind of thing. It's a measurement of money, and it's actually a lot of money. So when you got one talent, you got you know, like thousands of dollars. It wasn't just like a penny or nickel or dime. It was it was a lot. And this big uh, wealthy business owner had to go on a long trip, and so he had three servants. One servant he gave five talents. Another he gave two talents, and the one he gave one uh, talent went away for a long time. And the first two servants uh, invested, worked hard, found ways, worked smart, and developed this, this talent they had and doubled it. The third servant didn't do anything with, with it, was afraid uh, to fail, afraid to get in trouble and, 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 and do anything with it. And, and they didn't lose the money, they just hid the money so it wouldn't be lost. No one would steal it and then they would... Uh, uh, you know, return that when the owner came. And sure enough, he did come back. And with the first two servants, 
This is uh, out of verse 23, uh, out of this passage, Matthew 25, verse 23. This master says to these servants, first, the first two, his Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. And as soon as I said that, people were saying, yes, yes, amen. That, that is Regina Caldwell. She received from the Lord and then she just worked it and she learned it and grew it and just gave it away and gave it away and multiplied it. And we all could imagine that she got to rehear these words in heaven. And you and I, we want to hear these words in heaven. We want to hear these words now. That what God has given us in, in talents, in skills, and abilities, in experience, what are we doing with those? Have, have we uh, put those into investment to other people? Also, the money that we receive, those, that finances, those abilities to, um, to receive income, may earn income, have we been uh, wise and invested that to bless others? And so this principle is a, a kind of a, a theme that's going to take us on into next year. It was interesting that, that and it's, it's a, kind of almost a shocking ending, that the master actually takes the one talent away from the third servant who didn't do anything with it, calls him wicked and lazy and judges him and says, you're going to be cast in, uh, uh, into the, into the uh, throne in the, as the worthless slave into outer darkness. And so not doing anything with something God has given us, we need to, we need to be praying about that. And because you want to hear those words, well done again, faithful servant. Last Sunday was, uh, I thought, a tremendous teaching. So grateful for Ed Berry Jr. really giving his all, giving his best. I do believe that um, I was listening to him. I said, oh, you know, that's a unique way to say that. That's a unique uh, uh, avenue uh, uh, approach to this. I'm so glad he's saying this. And I thought, I bet that would, someone has a question about that. I thought someone, I bet someone has a question about that. And I was thinking, I hope you take those questions and do some of their own study in the Word and, and resources. And come ask me, don't keep it to yourself. The elders of the church, we are here to disciple. So when you have questions and you hear something and it didn't all fit together, you know, contact us. We want to go there with you. But I, I wanted to uh, ask, and I need to get my microphone here, for someone to share about tithing before I get into the theme of today. And I asked Daryl Tracy, I've heard him share before about, uh, come on up here, Daryl, about tithing in his life when he was uh, younger in, in, a, in a, a kind of a new believer stage. So I've asked him to come share it again. But tithing the Old Testament and tithing in the New Testament are, are, are a couple of different approaches because in the Old Testament it was part of the many ways that you uh, you know, was righteous before God. In the New Testament, uh, tithing is not that because we're righteous before God because of the blood of Jesus. So even if you don't tithe or 
never did or never have or whatever. If you have Jesus Christ in your heart, you've received the forgiveness from His blood, you are washed clean. You are righteous before God. You're in the family of God. But tithing in the New Testament is a channel of blessing to His children. And it's a way God can open a door of more blessings in your life. And so that's why we as elders, we talk about this and grow track and say we believe tithing is biblical practice and it's going to be a blessing for you. And uh, it's not required for membership. We don't check to see if these three families that joined today, are they going to start tithing next week? We don't do that. This is giving before the Lord. But it is something that we encourage because we see it as a biblical blessing. Darren, share with us your Uh, story. Well, uh, I was saved in 1976 at the ripe old age of 26. And, uh, you know, I obviously didn't start off tithing right off the bat. And uh, to me, it was sort of, uh, it goes back to Romans 12, 1 and 2. Jesus said, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, and be not conformed to, be, to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you might prove what's that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. So, so my... That was impressive. Give the guy a big hand, huh? So wow. my thing is, uh, <laughs> I wanted, as a, as a new believer, you know, I, I'm kind of guy, if I'm, if I'm either in or I'm out. If I'm in, I'm all the way in. Mm. So I wanted to obey the Word of God as, as much as I could, and... and I heard tithing preached about as a principle of God, so I um, just just based a little bit what he said, as far as tithing just being under the law, tithing was before the law. Abraham paid tithes to Melchizedek before the law was even given. It was in the law, and then Jesus said, you ought to tithe and do and show mercy and things like yeah. that in the Gospels. That's right. And if you go over into Hebrews, along with chapter 7 or 8, there's more about tithing. kind of has to goes back to Melchizedek. So so it's all throughout the Scripture. So I wanted to be obedient to the Word of God. Yeah. And and I saw that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I was 26. I was, I was living paycheck to paycheck and didn't seem to have any extra, and I wasn't nearly paying a tithe. But, some, you know, it just clicked in me. I'm just going to do this. I have to do this. It's, it's in the Word of God. And so I, as I, even though I was struggling, I went on and started paying my tithes. And, and what I found was it didn't really change my day-to-day, month-to-month living. And over the years, you know, short-term there might have been one thing. But long-term, I've always had enough. I've always had more than enough. And um, I've been blessed and, you know, keep all my bills stay current and everything has been good in the financial realm for me. Mm-hmm. But really, one other thing I want to add, tithing is not just about your finances. It's about your heart. Mm-hmm. It's really about you love God and you want to obey His Word. Mm-hmm. You want to wow. have a relationship with Him. So it's about giving from your heart to the Lord Jesus because of what He did for you. Mm-hmm. And then you will be blessed, and your finances will be blessed. And furthermore, if you read over there in, um, I think it's Malachi chapter 3, the devourer will be rebuked. Mm -hmm. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, Mm -hmm. but he'll be rebuked if you pay your tithes. So I found it to be a blessing. I recommend it highly, and um, you'll be blessed. Mm -hmm. All right. 
Thank you, Daryl. Appreciate it. That's not good. Thank you for that. I appreciated Everett Jr.'s um, example. He said he came out of that conference listening to Robert Morris teaching on it. And he was on the airplane and he was opening up the book uh, from the conference, the, the Blessed Life book. And this lady asked about it and he just felt generous. And he said, well, listen, I'm going to give you this book. Well, I'm, no, I'm going to give you this book. And that's really a something I'm asking for all of us is just our our generous spirit will grow. And I've had a couple times uh, this past week just coming out of that teaching and and uh, when when I go to a restaurant I give uh, a tip and I'm usually paying by often with you know credit card debit card and I'm I'm thinking eighteen to twenty percent. Well, you know I want to be generous. I want, I want to be consistent. I can't think of what eighteen percent is, so I just double the ten, make it twenty. And but a couple times this week it was uh, this past week it was like um, I did that I'm paying and I'm like I want to I want to bless this waitress sometimes I pray for the waitresses you know and I pray for them already and my, I'm finding out they're about them and so I, I threw in you know a, a twenty one time and a ten on another another time and just you know just just be extra generous just that spirit of generosity so what little ways can this uh, you know, speak to you. You just, you just give it away. You just go ahead. Oh, take this. And it might be something small, but it's a way to give. I know for our uh, budgeting, and I'm going to get in that in a minute. But we have a category for giving because we give tithes, and we believe that God, uh, you know, has more for us to give. And when we have a special speaker in or special ministry, if if we don't, it's hard for us to give to that. If we don't have some money set aside, that so we have we have a, a little category. We're putting a little bit away each paycheck to go toward extra giving. And so I say all that 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 spirit of generosity is really a foundation of a a financial series. But whenever you give, uh, I mean, t- do a teaching on giving. I believe you want to do a, a, a teaching on managing your money with it because it's really the whole picture of your finances that you're giving to God. And so I ask you the question, do you understand your finances? Do you understand you have some fixed income? Some of you may have some variable incomes that come in in, in different uh, shapes and sizes. You, you have fixed expenses. You have some variable fi- uh, expenses that come and go. You have sh- maybe short-term debt and then long-term debt. You have retirement you have investments. You have strategies for wealth. There's just so many different categories. Do you understand your finances? Because in that understanding the finances, you'll get peace in the numbers, on, on, either on paperwork or on a, a program. That is our goal, and, and, the, and the title of this message is Peace in the Numbers. That you actually, since God is working in the numbers, This series is a good series. It, it does, in a sense, in an indirect way to help with the special offering. But I'm asking you to pray about budgeting and pray about savings and pray about these other practical things, not just a, you know, giving a special offering. I want you to have financial health in all areas, not just in your giving. 
So, Lord, let's pray that. Lord God, we ask that today, Lord, you be uh, a, a teacher for each one of us in what we need in understanding our finances, that we would be that much more free to give and have your generous spirit operating in us. In your name we pray, amen. To just let you know the resources that Ed Barry used and, and that I've used as well, plus others, but he had come out of that conference with Robert Morris, and that book is called um, uh, The Blessed Life. And that's what that book looks, looks like. And, uh, you know, so I encourage you to listen to that or, or to, to read that if you want to dig deeper. And um, the, uh, the next book is more of the Managing Your Money book is Beyond Blessed. And that's the resource, I'm, one of the resources I'm use, using today. These are really good books. He tells a lot of stories in his writing. And so they're very interesting and uh, will capture your attention and, and really be profound stories of God working and moving. And again, I want to say that if this is just sparking more interest or questions, I have more questions than answers, contact me. Here's my email address. Uh, this is how the, the business email uh, for the church email works, stephen.riley at living-waters.org and, and set up a, a time you know, f- for us to talk and look at some more scriptures and maybe your specific financial situation together. Another resource that I'm pulling from principal some is from Dave Ramsey. And um, I've been, he's been one of the resources in our lives for a uh, you know, number of years now. Financial Peace University is a curriculum, a material that we've taught here uh, with facilitators from our church. We're looking at, and, and I'll confirm with you, uh, you know, hopefully sooner than later, about perhaps January, offering this to you. You can, you can purchase this and just start tomorrow. And do it on your own. But this is something, in a, in a group, little group setting, you have more accountability. It's nine sessions. You have more building uh, and learning from each other. And so, um, a, a great resource. And, and you'll hear a few of the principles from that um, material in my teaching today. But one thing about it is, Robert Morris calls each one of us a chief financial officer of you, Incorporated. You are the chief authority, the final authority of the financial uh, operations of your finances. And so you, as a CFO, is hired and honored in the company as the top level, understanding all the numbers, understanding all the complexities of things and coming and going. And, uh, And he serves or she serves that company and perhaps the shareholders and, and all that. So it's, it's, a, it's an important role in the, 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 the company. And that's what you are for your life. And so if whatever resources and learning and growing you need, it's out there. And it's out for you to go get it so you can lead your finances with understanding and wisdom. I appreciate this so much. Uh, about what I'm studying is that we really need to approach our money that we are stewards, not owners. Even in Philip's uh, encouragement early in prayer, this is not uh, all this money that we own, hip, hip, hooray, okay, I give 10% to God, now I own 90%, I can do what? No, God is, He is our Lord and Savior. All things we give to Him. And so a steward mentality and approach Looking at our finances is the attitude you want if you want a biblical approach. 
A definition of a steward is just really simple. One who manages another's property, finances, or other affairs. It's somebody else's, and this person holds that responsibility, and they're expected to know, understand, and do well at it, or they wouldn't have been given that responsibility. It's to be a good steward. That is actually more uh, uh, you know, biblical than ownership. I'm going to get into uh, some verses and shoot some principles at you from the Word, and there'll be a lot of verses from Proverbs. Why? Because Proverbs is a practical book. It's a father speaking to his sons and daughters when they're young, saying, hey, this is some wisdom. This is wisdom for life. You need this wisdom. And it's a very practical book, practical book, one that you should be very familiar with in your reading. Psalm uh, 24 is actually not a proverb, is it? Psalm 24, verse 1 says, The earth is the Lord's and all it contains, the world and those who dwell in it. So, God owns, He's the owner. And we are submitted to that and we are doing what we can and with the best we can and, and to have good planning and to have wise and savings. Uh, be wise in our savings. So, let's get into some Proverbs. Proverbs 16.3 God is into planning. Some people go, well, I'm a person of prayer, I'm a person of faith. I don't plan well, God likes planning. Even if you don't, He likes it. Of course, if something happens suddenly, we have to react in some way or another. God leads us and He guides us. But it says in the book of Proverbs and other places, commit your works to the Lord and your plans will be established or succeed. So God likes plans. He wants to bless them. He wants you, he wants you to make plans and give them to Him and let Him uh, bring resources around and people to help and, 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 and give them plans in prayer and then they will succeed. You want wise counsel in your life and doing a financial peace university is one way to get wise counsel. You're getting the, the people that are facilitating. You're getting Dave Ramsey's. And I want to say... I just was so impressed when I went through that material. It is presented with such excellence. It is some of the clearest teachings and uh, curriculum I've ever seen put together piece by piece. They just nail it every minute of every video teaching and material in the book is just so clear and concise. Very impressive. But you want to begin having access to wise counsel in your life. Proverbs 15.22 says, without consultation, plans are frustrated, but with many counselors, they succeed. This is a principle that Lisa and I learned early on, and in big decisions, we would look at, back in the day, it was Larry Burkett. And we had studied those, uh, his principles. And then other materials, or our parents, or someone else that we knew and trusted, and we would talk to them. There was one season, it was just, just a, a few months long, several months long, in early uh, 2008, where we left that principle of safety and protection, and we didn't go to get wise counsel. Uh, we were living in Philadelphia. I'm bivocational, planning church, doing inner city ministry, and working in a sales uh, as in, in sales. And in this company, in this was growing, and I became, in, in my district, the, the number one salesperson 
in the number of accounts. My accounts weren't very large, so I wasn't number one in the earnings, but I was in number of accounts, and, and I'm, our incomes are growing. We've been used to a fixed income of a of, 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 you know, an associate youth pastor level, just fixed income, a school teacher just fixed, always, this was strange, our, our incomes were growing, and, and uh, through the sales, and we, we did not go for wise counsel, and we made two big purchases at that time, uh, right in a few months with, from each other. One was that incredible, unbeatable vacation club. Oh, and you could just see your family, and they're getting the car together and doing these inexpensive vacations. Oh my goodness! And it was right; these two decisions were rash decisions. If you if you think about it, it's hard to make a rash decision if you're going to get wise counsel. Because if you get wise counsel, you got to do some more reading, you're researching, or calling a few people. It takes a number of days, right? So it, it takes the rashness and hastiness out of it. And so we had that unbeatable vacation club. Well, it lasted two of the 20 opportunities you had, and we lost quite a bit of money on that, uh, on that vacation club. But uh, just a few months after that, the best unbeatable business opportunity to have a side business, I was already related to this business, my regular work, and it would be easy to step into this. You just need to get this, this startup, this, this uh, training in advance, and you'll collect it all back because it's going to go so well. And it was just soon after that, the 2008 recession happened. And my company went down. I went to another company similar to it. And, it, and after uh, 12 months, that company was sinking. And so it did a massive layoff. I was, at, I was in one of those, that layoff there. And so, hey, the vacation club and that side business that was going to do this, it was not going to happen. And we had not gotten wise counsel in that season of our lives. We're back to getting wise counsel again. Let me tell you. We learned our lesson just listen to Proverbs and learn your lesson the first time. So when you're wanting to gain understanding, the first and main tool uh, of gaining understanding of your finances is with a budget. A budget gives you understanding so you can act wisely with financial decisions. It allows you to track and record incomes that are coming in, the various pipes, the outcomes that are going out, and then what's left. What are you going to do with what's left? Hopefully there's something left. If not, then you're seeing it in the numbers. You're seeing it on the paperwork or on the screen in the, in the software you're using. And you can see uh, uh, and, and start making some decisions because you can see it in the numbers. I was uh, wanting to get some uh, just interesting uh, quotes and about this theme. And so uh, I did find some that were uh, you know quite interesting and and, and for example, this person said, now listen, money is not the most important thing in the world. Love is. Fortunately, I love money. <laughs> Someone else said, all I ask is the chance to prove that money can't make me happy. Mm-hmm. Isn't that nice? He's going to prove it. How about this? Anyone who says that money can't buy happiness simply didn't know where to go shopping. So, let's realize that this is tricky. This is tricky. It trick, it can, money can trick up all of us. And we want the Lord's wisdom. He owns it. 
our precious Jesus died on the cross for us. He paid the price to redeem our very souls, our minds, our bodies, our whole beings, our whole life. And in this very practical daily issue, the Word has got to help us because we deal with financial issues and decisions every day. Lord, we want to do it under Your Lordship and under Your guidance. So many times you think, well, all I need to fix my budget is more money. Proverbs says differently. Proverbs 16.16 says, How much better it is to get wisdom than gold and to get understanding is to be chosen above silver. So if you could put a value on this gold and silver and you think, you know, what's more wonderful is that? Well, wisdom is more valuable than that and understanding is more valuable than that. And our hearts want to have that value. That's the value that God wants us to have, that we seek for wisdom and understanding. There is something amazing when you put a budget together and a plan together, and it usually, I mean, it, it basically always takes, you know, several months to say, oh, no, that wouldn't estimate, estimate wouldn't quite right. you got to use this, oh, this is happening, and you have to keep tweaking it and adjusting it. But when you are working a budget, and after several months, it finally works, and you understand where your money came in, you understand where your money went out, and you're actually working at reducing your debt, and you've actually got something happening with certain savings, and you paid all your bills, and it's like, oh, man. There's peace in the numbers. There's peace in the numbers when you have God's wisdom and understanding. Uh, when you do the Financial Peace University, they give you, I think it's seven or eight baby steps. And one of the first ones is to get emergency savings. Listen, at least $1,000, just put $1,000 away in the earmark it is Don't touch it. That's only for emergencies. And then they go into other steps of reducing debt and then building up other savings for other things. And I'm, I'm not going to get into that. But what I want to say, uh, say is, is that God wants you to save. It's, it's a part of having wisdom. Proverbs 10, verse 5 says, He who gathers in summer is a son who acts wisely, but he who sleeps in harvest is a son who acts shamefully. There are seasons to save, and you need to pick out when that is and have that commitment. Resist the temptation of, wow, you know, look at this extra money. Let's go. Well, hold it, hold it. What's your plan that you've already put out in the budget, what is the next steps? Does this fit in those next steps? Proverbs thirteen eleven. One of the, uh, is even that we uh, had that pull and that extra business to invest in, uh, you know, and, and you'd get all this money back. Wealth gained, Proverbs thirteen eleven gained hastily will dwindle, but whoever gathers little by little will increase it. There is that temptation greater than greater than now more than ever, because the Internet does open up new ways to earn incomes and to start a business. And all of that is awesome. Use it. Learn it. Get good at it. At the same time, be willing to uh, let it happen little by little. And don't be discouraged if it doesn't happen instantly and overnight. Like you hear the podcast or... You know, the, the video of the advertisement on YouTube, you can, it took, you know, six and a half months to be a millionaire. I mean, and, and it's, it's a true story, I guess. But it's an exception, it's an unusual situation, and it's not something 
to put your faith in, be willing to grow your savings and earnings little by little and not be disappointed in that. One of the most common barriers to giving and saving is debt. Delisa and I were a we, we were a brand new married couple. We were living on Bland Avenue in Shelbyville in an upstairs bedroom, and we were just you know learning uh, about budgeting through Larry Burkett and those resources, and and we she had some school debt. And we were, you know, having to, that was one of our biggest monthly payments on our uh, list of things. And, and I was inspired and I said, honey, let's double this payment. Let's make two payments each month on the school debt and just really go after this school debt. Well, she was overwhelmed by that. It was going to be a stretch. My lovely bride is very smart. She's a numbers girl. She's a math, been a math teacher many years. She's a science teacher. And she handles all of our numbers. She's better at that than I am. And this was, this was hard for her. And I can, I can still remember the moment. It was like the first time this young, you know, my new bride, and we have this tension, you know, what's going to happen? And she being this godly, uh, you know, young wife, she submitted to me and my leadership. And I was nervous. If this doesn't work, man, I've failed already. Leading my family. And, um, and it, it was kind of like what Daryl said. It was like we were able to, we were able to stick with it. There was grace. That was, that was the right choice at the right time. And there was grace to keep that double payment going. And when that school loan was paid off, that was two payments now that's available to us each month. You know how exciting that is? Well, you need a budget so you have a plan on where that's going to go, right? That's an example of the uh, Dave Ramsey snowball debt, debt removal through a uh, debt snowball and how you build a momentum with, through, through real sacrifices. But Robert Morrison and, and Dave Ramsey, all of them have a real caution about credit card debt because it's of the highest interest. Interest. It's so easy to use. I was listening to a couple of friends talk the other day how you saying that there have been times when January have, can have an awful sinking feeling inside because you used a credit card to go into gift buying in November and December, and, and it was more than you can handle. And now January, all becoming reality, and it's a seeking feeling. Those toys that you bought for the kids, they either broke them or they're sick and tired of them already. Hadn't been a month yet. I was looking for some credit card jokes online. I couldn't find many. Said This one goes, I'm amazing at managing my credit card. My bank keeps sending me letters saying my account is outstanding. <laughs> the, the, the other, the, all the other jokes were about credit cards and women, and I'm not going to do it. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. Wow, I got a standing ovation for that. Wow. 
Amazing. Surely men have issues with credit cards too. Okay. Maybe, okay, whatever. This is how Robert Morris explains this type of uh, building credit card debt with the, the high interest and what it does. And, and you know, it's, it's, we've, we know what this is. This, this is what it's like. What many Christians don't realize is that spending money you don't have is a form of stealing from yourself. Because this is money you're going to have to pay back with the compounding interest. So you're stealing from what you need, uh, you know, those next few months, and then it keeps, now six months, it just lasts, it keeps building, year, two, three years. It is robbing from yourself. You're stealing from yourself. Proverbs 22.7 says, The rich rules over the poor, and the borrower is the slave of the lender. So we want to have a real caution about credit cards. Dave Ramsey even has this thing of, of uh, you know, cutting them up, a celebration of, uh, you know, cutting them up. Robert Morris isn't that way unless you just need to, and there's ways that if it's in your budget, you can pay it off each month. Then you can also gain points and use points to uh, benefit you financially. So there's some different approaches to this, but many of us need a season of fasting credit cards. Chop, chop. Shred, shred. So God is wanting to build in us not an ownership over our money, but a stewardship of God's money that all is His. And that good students, uh, stewards, they spend wisely. I want to tell you, I'm... I'm a lucky, lucky man. Because my wife is the most wise, prudent woman I know in the area of these numbers and calculations and spending. And I want to say thank you, honey. You saved us thousands and thousands of dollars over these years because of your wisdom and prudence. Thank you so much. That's right. Give her a big hand. I saw somebody hungry there. Good students, they spend wisely, they save diligently, and they give generously. See, these other aspects of, of the budgeting and the saving and, and having uh, that emergency savings and other, other savings, and you're reducing your debt, and you have that plan, then when you pray about giving, you know the areas that, you, that, that God may lead you toward. It's still a step of faith. It doesn't take faith away, but God will... Uh, that much more be able to give you guidance on how to give and what to give. I want to hit on another theme here before I close. And that is the concept of contentment. In, in America, that's one thing that we battle with the most is just being content with what we have and what God's already provided for us. It's connected to having a grateful attitude, a grateful heart. If, if we're not content, then nine times out of ten, maybe a hundred times out of a hundred, we're not grateful in our attitude and perhaps not grateful to God. One thing that helps me with this is to break everything down whenever I'm struggling with this. What are my needs and what are my wants? Because in America, we, 
put everything or most everything into need. Go, I need this, I need that. But actually, no, no, no. That's a want, to be honest. These are my needs. And you can even prioritize your needs. You can prioritize them as, as urgent needs, basic fundamental needs. These are urgent needs that need to happen now for us. They're basic needs. And then there's other needs that... They're important, but they're, they're going to come down a number of weeks or months later. There can be wants broken down. Wants, oh yeah, I really want this, and I'm, I'm even praying about this. And then other wants that are, you know, and, and then some wants that are just flat out a carnal spirit and just materialism and just worldliness. I mean, God can help you discern these things. Because all wants are not evil and are not from a materialistic spirit. These can be what God is placing in your life to be a tool of blessing and expanding His kingdom and being generous and using your gifts. So all wants are not evil. It's just that you've got to realize where they are. Go on a mission trip. Go to a third world country. Come to Honduras. Because when you have been in third world countries, this is quick and easy to calculate what are my needs and what are my wants. Am I content, Lord? Because those children, when they go to the Christian school... With Sparrow Academy, they get a, a breakfast and they get a lunch every day. And they are grateful they got two meals that day. Are you extra happy and extra grateful and content because you got two meals that day? That's a basic need. Do you give thanks to God for basic needs? Or do we just forget about that? Do we just forget about it? Because we're giving thanks for those extra big blessings that came our way. That's what we're praying for. And we just forget thanking God for basic needs. And seeing that joy and the gratefulness of a, of a Honduran family because they do have a place to live that won't get torn down or torn away or doesn't leak. Let me tell you, we have a lot to be grateful for. So that's a good discussion or one, uh, one of those handouts. So write down, categorize, prioritize needs and wants. Hebrews 13, verse 5 through 6 says it this way. Make sure that your character is free from the love of money, being content with what you have. For he himself has said, I will never desert you, nor will I ever forsake you. So what we confidently say, the Lord is my helper, I will not be afraid. What will man do to me? And I have felt this in my own heart. I'm, I wish, I'm, I'm embarrassed to say it. And again, it's just, you know, something we've got to work on. I think it's pretty typical for Americans. Robert Morris put it like this. He said, when we compare our outward circumstances to others, we're in danger of developing an angry, ungrateful heart toward our sweet and gracious Father. Mm. Oh, Father, thank you for breath this morning. Thank you for that I was physically able to come and join my spiritual family, my friends, in worship today. Thank you that I have, I have plans right now with a couple of big turkeys in refrigerators right now. What abundance, Lord. Thank you my children who live out of state are able to get back for this week. What a blessing that is. Lord, we want to have a grateful attitude, a grateful spirit. 
we, 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 forget, we forget to count our blessings, don't we, folks? We really do. Jesus covers it all. He covers our spiritual need. He covers our emotional need. He covers our relational need. He covers our physical needs. He's, he's done so much. He's been so faithful. go ahead and ask the altar ministry teams to come up, be available for prayer. We want to be available to pray about anything in your life. But those online, we have a phone number for the next 30 minutes on Sunday morning available for you to pray and get prayer. But intercede here as we start in this song, if you could just um, kind of wait on the Lord here and begin praying. And I'm, I'm going to put a list of four things. Pray about giving of your time and talent that the Dream Team party is just two weeks away where you'll be able to invest in people more so in your life, really practice that spirit of generosity uh, into the giving of your time and talent. Pray about your, your tithing. And, and I want to I wanna say, hey, maybe the 10% is just, it's just hard for you to start. Start at 3%. Say, Lord, I'm, the first thing we do, every paycheck is going to give you 3%. We're going to ask you to get, build my, our faith as a family. And, and, and Lord, we hope that at a year's time, in 12 months, we'll be at 10%. But, you know, so I'm going to start at 3%. And then in three months, we're going to pray about it, and we're going to go to 6 and we're going to, we're going to build this a bit. Lord, so do pray about it and do something in the area of, of giving of your time. Do something in, in the area of tithing. Number three, pray about your debt and savings. This is important. That you understand your finances, that the debt isn't just running away and getting a plan to bring it down, the savings categories. Have you prayed through that? And then four, we're having this special offering. It begins in three weeks. It'll extend out to the end of December. But where we have a special offering for you to invest in people and in certain areas. And if you would pray about that, God is the one who leads us and he wants to bless us back. So Lord, we yield ourselves to you even this very practical area of finances. Like a ring of solid gold, like a vow that is tested, like a covenant of old. Oh, love is a glory through the winter rain and beyond the horizon. Mercy for today, faithful you have been. Faithful you will be, you pledge yourself to me, and that's why I sing, your praise will ever be on my lips, ever be on my lips, your praise will ever be on my lips, ever be on my lips, your praise will never be on my lips. Never be on my lips, your praise will 
in the Lord today that's been with our church family many years and I'm not having to address her on video today, online. Angela Milburn, so glad to have you here. Someone who has a thankful heart, she hasn't physically been able to come and here she is worshiping the Lord with us this morning. Lord God, we give you thanks and we continue to pray for healing for Angela, complete healing complete strength, mobility, be healed in Jesus' name, be free of that attack in Jesus' name. 
we're here available for you to pray here or online. Let me pray over your your uh, just times either alone or together this whole week. Lord, we are asking for your blessing in whatever our situation is, that you are the Prince of Peace. And so we ask for the shalom of God to be in our hearts, that we can spread the shalom of God to those around us this week. And Lord God, if there's someone here that doesn't know the Lord, may they get to know the Prince of Peace through salvation, through your blood today. Just say this prayer with me. It's a salvation prayer. And if you're online or in person, you say this prayer from the heart, you'll be a child of God. Dear Jesus, I want to turn away from my own ways. Everybody repeat after me and turn towards you. I believe that you died on the cross for me. To wash me clean. Make me new. And I believe that you rose again from the grave to give me eternal life. I want to be your son or your daughter forever and ever. Be blessed. Have a great day, a great week. Love y'all and continue to be grateful. Amen.